Welcome to 52 Pearls, the weekly money wisdom podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. And I'm joined by Melissa Friedenberg, Pearl Planning Financial Advisor. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. (laughs) You're never going to forget our names because, of course, we're both named Melissa, children of the 70s. So each week we provide a bite-sized actionable tip that we hope will help you make better financial decisions. The purpose of our podcast is to accompany our weekly financial tips, which we call 52 Pearls. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to sharing along the way. Hello, and welcome to another weekly episode of 52 Pearls Weekly Financial Wisdom. I'm here with Melissa Joy, and I am Melissa Freidenberg with Pearl Planning. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. This week, we're talking about financial planning and what is a financial plan. So, Melissa, um, if you could start off maybe sharing with us a few of the elements that go into a financial plan. It seems like it should be so obvious to understand what goes into financial plan and what a financial plan is. But it's such a personal process that I often find that there's an element of trust. It's difficult to visualize. So I think this is a great topic today for today's episode so that we can try to flesh out what a financial plan looks like. So to get started, I think that it's important to cover the areas of financial planning. There's an assumption that you would just be talking about investments or account balances, you know, kind of the dollars and the cents. But in my experience and in the process of financial planning, it's really much more. So a financial plan includes your goals and the prioritization of those goals. Then you get into the nitty gritty of some reports like a net worth statement, your cash flow or budget, conversations about emergency reserves. Of course, for many people, they're very curious about planning for their future and especially retirement. So retirement planning is a critical component of financial planning. That investment management piece that everybody knows about and assumes is covered is also an important component. There's risk management as well. So a primary area of risk management is often insurance planning. There are legal aspects that you also need to cover. And certainly financial planner is not typically also a legal professional, but they are a partner to identify opportunities in estate planning, beneficiary designations, et cetera. And then also, if you're, you have kids planning to go to college, there's an educational planning component. We talk about taxes, and it's always great if we can pay less taxes over time. So evaluate different strategies that might be a good companion to the advice that you get from your CPA or tax professional. A certified financial planner or financial planner isn't typically that tax professional, but they work in conjunction with them. And then it's really an important part of the financial planning process and what is financial planning that you are developing and implementing different action items so that you're not only analyzing your situation or circumstance, but you are also making adjustments and taking action to increase your overall financial opportunity. That's a lot. Like we That was a lot. I'm impressed, <laughs> but I'm I'm starting to feel overwhelmed just hearing about all the different aspects. And I, would you agree that sometimes people are a little 
um, tend to shy away from financial planning just because they may might not understand all those components that go into it or maybe feel like they um, they don't have all those areas of their life uh, under control, so they don't necessarily feel that they need to start a financial plan. I think the first thing, the first roadblock is that many people don't understand who they can go to to uh, identify and evaluate the areas of weakness. So what the list I just described might be larger than what you would typically assume went into a relationship with a financial planner. So that's one is just it's under it's less understood than perhaps other fields. And then also, too, you're exactly right. What happens when someone is overwhelmed with a to-do list that is too long or a list of things where they're uncertain or feel less confident in their knowledge? Oftentimes, that's a big trigger for procrastination. So sometimes we find that people contact us because a certain event is occurring that really rises to the top and they know they need advice. And then we we uncover that many of the areas of financial planning need to be addressed. But in the past week, I've worked with someone who they lost a parent and had inherited money and so wanted a good strategy for how to invest. And we did financial planning at the same time. Sometimes it's retirement. It just depends. Um, but you're right. It can feel overwhelming. And the job of the financial planner is to reduce the feeling of complexity and to prioritize so that things feel like they're able to be tackled kind of in one sitting. Yeah. Another thing I feel like sometimes people feel maybe that we would be judging them like looking at their whole financial picture. I mean, it is definitely a look at the whole picture. And so I think that's another roadblock that I've found people need to get through like, oh, well, I want to do a financial plan, but first I have to get this in order. I need to get my savings up or I need to you know, get rid of my credit card debt. And I think um, so often the, we create these roadblocks where our job isn't to judge them, but to help them. And I really think it's... Um, for me, it's one of the most rewarding parts of being a financial advisor is to be able to um, look at this financial plan and really help lead people to uh, their goals and their dreams. I mean, what other profession can you really say that I help people both determine and kind of flesh out what their goals are financially, but also help them get there? I agree. And so much of the decision of are you comfortable with sharing your true picture? The real story is the element of trust with a financial planner. So you may need to look around and make sure that you're evaluating people both on their credentials, but also your relationship and ability to build a relationship with them. Their ability to listen to you as a financial planner, because a lot of the process and art of financial planning really is listening and hearing what clients are looking for. And then also you want to have a good fit where you feel comfortable sharing everything that's going on. You don't feel talked down to. And I do think that, that there are those financial planners out there that have that capability to be able to, for you to feel comfortable sharing information with. Right. And when it comes to putting together a financial plan for someone, what um, What's your favorite part? I love the part of the financial plan where we're sitting together in the financial planning presentation. And I guess I should step back and describe 
our process or the process of a sample process of a financial plan. So we probably had an introductory conversation, making sure that we felt comfortable with each other. And during those conversations, I'm always happy to make recommendations for other choices if if it doesn't seem like it's a good fit. And then there's been some data gathering and additional conversation where we meet to share their information. And then a bunch of analysis that we do here at Pearl Planning which is followed up by this presentation meeting. And I love it when there's a point in the meeting where the person or family that we're doing the financial plan for just has that light bulb moment where they see the value of the financial planning process. You can't predict what that will be. Oftentimes it's a visualization of their retirement future where we've talked about how people behave in retirement as well as their own personal picture. Sometimes it's it's something super simple like just giving them options for their accounts or giving them encouragement on things that they're doing well. But that moment where there's an aha moment where you see that the client feels the value of the process and they feel seen with the information that's in the financial plan is to me everything that I'm looking for. How about you? What do you think, Melissa? Agreed. Well, I mean, I'm, I haven't been doing this as long, um, but I just delivered a plan on Friday to a couple where the wife had retired um, and the husband was planning to retire at 65 or 66 and he's 63. And due to COVID-19 and the risk in his current career, um, he was hoping that he would be able to retire now a little bit earlier than planned. So for me, we met and we gathered some data on their expenses and what kind of income needs and when their mortgage was going to be paid off and what their lifestyle would look like in retirement. And I had a pretty good feeling that they would be okay. But um, putting that plan together, I was very happy to report back um, that they looked good. And either way, they would be fine if he waited a few more years and continued to work or if they if he was able to retire. And I think the most rewarding part, now granted it was over a Zoom meeting, um, just based off the current environment that we're in, but to see the couple sitting there and when I pulled up the screen and showed them with confidence that they would be able to live the same lifestyle they have been living um, comfortably and have money left over um, was very rewarding. And to see them, I could tell they just squeezed each other's hands and looked at each other. And that feeling of peace of mind that they... They were going to be able to do that and that he didn't have to take the risk to potentially expose himself was, I mean, it literally got me choked up. I, it just, it's so often I think people think our job is all about numbers and returns and crunching numbers. And it's really about that human interaction and to be able to sit down and tell somebody that there's a high probability of success if they live, you know, to their life expectancy to be able to continue to live that way um, is just, I mean, like I said, that's, that's what the, the reward is of this career for me. Yeah. That, that, that's a good point that the magical kind of experience, my favorite moments are often quite emotional. They're maybe happy tears or just relief. There's often, it's not simply technical, although there's a lot of technical analysis in the background and skill in terms of identifying financial planning opportunities, but it's the relational conversation. And what you just described is how financial planning is a helping profession. It's really 
identifying problems for clients or concerns and coming up with solutions that fit with them and their life. It's not cookie cutter. It's not a template. Right. And I do feel as well, and we kind of touched on that, but there are certainly a lot of numbers and a lot of um, work goes in the back end to be able to produce a financial plan. But there's also an art to it. It's not 100% science. So there's definitely some um, ability to, if a plan doesn't work out, to kind of discuss what options people have, whether it's lifestyle changes or um, delaying retirement, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I always say I that, touch on that, of course. So we are helping people come up with the best plan with the information that we have available to us. And we're living through a big change where that information and assumptions that we had prior to 2020 are all being tested, right, with COVID-19. So it's a good example of how financial planning works. When you develop a financial plan, you're both trying to create a framework for decisions today, as well as planning and preparing and saving over time. So you're, you're working on helping your current and your future self. And we do talk about probabilities. We talk about risk management. We prepare for challenges with things like cash reserves, but then something may change. So today we're talking about moving up retirement dates for clients that feel like they're not safe in their work environment. We're also talking about how to adjust when either your business is changing or your employment status is changing. But if you had already started with a financial plan, there would be a touchstone that both had a framework for what the future looked like, as well as some risk mitigation strategies or ways to keep you safer for a variety of circumstances. And then what happens is you adjust your financial planning assumptions based on what you know now. So you're not scrapping that original financial plan. You're updating it, whether it's because there's a pandemic or maybe there's a tax law change or maybe your personal life circumstances change. So either there's a big new opportunity or you have a challenge, whether it's your health or circumstance in a relationship, whatever it is. The financial plan is built to be adjustable, and that helps you to have financial resilience. And so we are having a lot of those conversations about the world is changing and how do we make the best decisions within it. But financial planning is both built for whatever we can best see in the future and then to be adjusted along the way. And I think that's really important to mention, too, because I know um, financial planning is, an, as you mentioned, an ongoing Thing where we make adjustments to it. So I do think that that's important when talking to people about a financial plan. Um, if you had a plan done, a static plan several years ago, and there have been some changes, it may be time to reevaluate, either have a new plan done or to look at a relationship where there's ongoing financial planning. That is a critical component of the process. So I kind of left off saying that you should have an implementation list of action steps. But to me, a financial plan is not a snapshot of a game plan for your next 10 years that you kind of put away and forget about after you have completed the first iteration 
what you need to do is have a periodic review and update because your life is changing over time. So is the world. And so if you refresh your financial plan with an update at least each year, then you should be catching changes along the way, picking up opportunities, and also evaluating and measuring and benchmarking your personal success. So I don't want you to have to benchmark against other people. You can use your net worth statement to see your growth over time. And then just incrementally, if you can make good financial decisions over time, I always say there's a compounding return to good financial decisions. And that is done with that component of the process where you revisit. Yeah, that just reminded me of um, my golf game. I actually, so I've been golfing and I was a little bit nervous about golfing with um, other couples, like outside of my husband and I, because he knows how how unreliable my golf game can be. But um, the woman with this other couple we got matched up with mentioned, she said, you're really just competing with yourself. She's like, you just want to beat your score from the last time or your handicap. And I think that's very similar with this process where you, you know, come in and you're not looking at what other people's net worth is or what your expectation might be outside of your own plan, but really just trying to improve your plan and reaching your goals. Yeah, so many people say that a financial plan is kind of a delicate snowflake where everybody's is different. But to me, the process is the same. We implement the same process across different clients. But then we input your personal information, your desires, what you need out of the plan. So that is where the difference comes. And I could show you somebody else's financial plan and you'd be like, oh, that looks great. But when it's actually your information and your life that we're exploring, that is incredibly powerful. And that's part of the challenge of being able to describe financial planning is unless it's yours, it's a little more ephemeral. It's, you know, it's not as real. Um, So hopefully this conversation is helping people to understand. Sometimes I think people get sold a kind of marketing pitch or product sales in the guise of a financial plan. And this process of the iterative process hopefully helps you to understand the difference. Absolutely. And I know, uh, I know firsthand in places that I've worked before where uh, they talk about financial planning as a reason to work with them. And then there's really no financial plan being done or there are hurdles as far as, um, you know, having, having to have assets to do a financial plan. So I think it's really important to point out that we do offer financial planning to people that, you know, either aren't working with us as far as assets under management or separately held if they are managing their own assets, but want someone to do a financial plan. Because I really think that is something that people don't realize is available to, to them. Right. We are amongst a group of financial planners who do offer fees for financial plans so that there is the opportunity to get a financial plan, not as kind of a bait and switch for product sales. And I agree with you. Some people think that they have an investment advisor that is doing elements of financial planning, but then they come to me because they need tax aware investing strategies, or they have no idea what their retirement picture looks like. They know they may have enough to retire, but they don't know where they would take money from each year. And so that's an example of where you may not be receiving full financial planning, even though there's an assumption that you've hired an investment professional who should be giving this to you or who, you know, that's part of your engagement. Now, 
if, if I'm listening right now and I'm thinking, I think I need a financial plan, um, what types of information should I be gathering or getting ready in anticipation of that first meeting? So typically, I think when you're interviewing a financial planner, you want to go in and describe a little bit about the challenges that you have that are specific to right now. What made you pick up the phone? And it may be like, I just think generally it's a great time to do a financial plan. But oftentimes, there's often there is a specific reason that people reach out. So I would be gathering that type of information and looking at lists of questions that make sense to kind of interview the potential financial advisor. How do I pay you? What is your experience? How do you work with clients? What would a process look like? So start with that. And then the financial planner should be coming together with a list of items that you, once you decide to retain them, a list of items that they would need to gather. But things that I think you would need would be your account statements, income information, giving a picture of some of your goals, including when you plan to retire, if you plan to change jobs or careers, if you have that dream second home that you want to purchase, all of those types of things. Oftentimes, they'll ask for a tax return. So a lot of nuts and bolts and details of your financial life not dissimilar from what you need to pull together to acquire a mortgage or file your taxes. Now, on a side note, I um, another benefit of financial planning that I've noticed is for couples coming together, maybe because sometimes the husband and wife might have different ideas of what the retirement would look like or what their current home uh, might look like if they want to buy a second home or maybe just upgrade their current home and uh, there might be some discrepancies as to what they can afford comfortably. Is this something that you feel like a financial plan may be able to help with? Of course, I think so. And I think we both have shared with each other the challenges (laughs) of being on the same page as a family. So the financial planner in some ways can be a bridge between two different personalities that bring their own backpack of experiences with money and perspectives on money. How about you? What do you think, Melissa? My husband and I sit down with her to go over our circumstances and just make sure we're not missing any opportunities and be that connection or bridge for decision-making and a and also an objective observer of how you're doing. Sometimes in a relationship, one spouse will feel less um, comfortable spending money or investing in a more risky way. And there's ways to address that. It may be that you each have some of your own money to spend this in separate accounts, or you may have a different target mix of stocks and bonds in his accounts versus hers. So there's a variety of ways to tackle that. But I think the best first way is to have open communication about the challenges and differences. And sometimes a third party can be a good facilitator of those. Now, what about for those people who are looking for someone to work with um, and they are seeing that, for instance, you have uh, the designation of CFP after your name? What does that mean? What does that entail? So a certified financial planner is someone who has passed an exam on financial planning as well as completed coursework, and it is a rigorous education on different areas of financial planning. You are also required to have a certain level of work experience, and there are steps that you must meet in terms of ethics 
and your approach to how you operate as a financial planner. So you could start by searching for certified financial planners. I am a certified financial planner, and that just gives you additional information about how you hold yourself out to the public and how you work with people. And we follow throughout parole planning the process of financial planning that is laid out by the CFP Board of Standards. Nice. Well, I do want to mention, and maybe we can put them in the show or put a link in the show notes. We have a great illustration on financial planning that you just had done. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So we just, just like we described, it's it's difficult to see what financial planning looks like. So we did an illustration that shows the different aspects and asks some questions that are important to consider when doing a financial plan. So I think it's a good prompt to help you visualize things. We also talk about the six core values of a good financial planning engagement. If a financial planner can help you feel organized about your money, they can be an accountability partner with objective advice, and be proactive in helping you to achieve your money goals or actions or tasks. If they can educate you on areas of financial literacy that you have less confidence on or knowledge with, and then they can partner for your, your success, then that is the, to me, the keystones of a good financial planning relationship. So I would encourage you to hold your financial planner accountable to those standards and definitely check out our illustration, which like we said, we will include them, include in the show notes so that you're better able to understand what financial planning looks like. This has been a great conversation. I hope it is helpful to people in order to understand financial planning and its process. I love that. I feel like I just learned more in this uh, podcast myself. So it's that's great. It's circling back to see the big picture and describing it just reminds me of how many wonderful conversations we're able to have with people about their money life and help them to decide more confidently about their money decisions, which is a gift. Definitely. Well, I hope you found this informative and I hope that you will join us for future podcasts. If you would like more information on Melissa or Melissa and Pearl Planning, you can go to our website at www.pearlplan.com. You can access our first eight episodes now, and we'll be releasing new episodes each Monday. For more information, visit pearlplan.com or our Facebook page, Pearl Planning Wealth.